Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 235 of the Spoiler Alert Podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new boxing epic Creed 2 starring Milo Ventimiglia. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. How are you doing, buddy? Is it Milo or Milo? I don't know. Milo. I don't know. Maybe we should record that whole opening. Let's not. I, I mean, you got. I think you got the last name right, which is more impressive. So, I, well, that's what I was clearly worried about. Correct. I was like, I can, was stressing about the. the, the <laughs> I mean, he's a huge star and yes. has want... a giant role in this movie, so I didn't want to get the the, the last name. We'll wrong. YouTube fact check it for the the final post production of the podcast. I'm yeah. gonna go with Milo now that I've said it's Milo. All right, All right. good, but... good. Milo Ventimiglia. Milo Ventimiglia. Can I also quickly, when we talk about the title of this movie, it's Creed II, but the Roman numeral two, doesn't it normally have the little bars on the top yeah. and the bottom? It looks like Creed Eleven, maybe? Or... This looks more like Creed Eleven. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes. I don't know. I was a little, I maybe mean, just the typography they chose. I was sort of annoyed with that. I don't the, know. The capital I's would have done well here. If, so, yeah. if somebody's like yeah. trying to decide in the lobby what they're going to see and somebody's like, I'm not seeing the 11th remake of Creed. I can't believe they made 11 of those in three years. <laughs> Wasn't the first one just like three years ago? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get into this episode, I just want to take a quick second to comment on our last episode. We talked about Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Right. And I vehemently disliked that movie oh, and you? what the filmmakers did to the Grinch. Oh. But I just want to add a little coda onto this and tie <laughs> it off and say I did go back, see it a second time with my family, with uh-huh. my kids and my wife. They all loved the movie. And seeing it a second time, seeing it in uh, with my family and just sort of letting go of the original Grinch, sure. I thought – it's actually pretty cute. It's great that you if you'd s- never seen the original, I guess I'd think, oh, it's a pretty cute movie. It's great that you say that because so I saw it the one and only time with the full family, and I think that that contributes to it. And we've talked in the past about how different your opinion of a movie can really be swayed based on the circumstances under which you watched it. Yeah. For instance, if you watched it running on a treadmill for two hours, you might feel <laughs> right. differently about it than if you were watching it having a few beers with your friend. Right. I yeah. completely concur. And this was one of those, you know, the first night of Thanksgiving break and we're about to have a, a long stretch, a good yeah. family time. And you're going to the first movie as a family in a long while. So lots of great things sort of contributed to it. But overall, I still stand by the fact that they bastardized and ruined the Grinch. But it's a cute movie. But it didn't bother you, you as much this time. No, no. And you could, do, right. you could do a lot worse sure. to take your family to oh, something good. this holiday season. So Good. All right. All right. So I'm not, it's not a retraction. It's more like a, an, an addendum. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, So tonight we're talking about Creed 2. Creed, obviously the film series reboot of the Rocky franchise that originated in, what, 75, something like that. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. We reviewed the first one. Uh, We've reviewed none of the other ones since. And we didn't do the Creed either a few years ago, did we? I don't don't think we did. No, no, we didn't. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, here's a tight plot recap. Yep. Sounds good. Adonis Creed is now the uh, heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And Ivan Drago, Ivan, Ivan, Drago, 
Uh, wants his son first names. Right, correct. Wants his son Victor. Got that one to unseat Adonis. Uh, in a weird way, revenging his own loss to Rocky many years ago, which itself was actual revenge against Drago, who <laughs> killed Adonis's father, Apollo, in the ring. Now, Apollo had previously beaten Rocky, but that's not important right now. Rocky <laughs> is still coaching Adonis, but refuses to support him in his fight against Drago, sensing what's to come. Adonis packs up and heads to L.A. with his new fiance Bianca, where his mom immediately knows that she is pregnant before either of them did. Creed gets his ass seriously handed to him in the fight against Drago, but retains his title when officials rule on a technicality against Drago stemming from a dirty play. Rocky and Adonis reconcile in Los Angeles, where Rocky gets to meet the Creed's new baby girl on the day of her birth, and Rocky agrees to train Adonis for the inevitable rematch with Drago. The new training methods are anything but orthodox, yet the brutal regimen pays off when the fight commences in Russia. Despite long odds, Creed holds his own and eventually overpowers his brutal opponent to the point of forfeiture. And that's Creed 2. What'd you think? I liked it. I, I guess I guess what I would say is I, I liked how I can't believe that I liked it. I mean, oh, <laughs> like, okay. we, like we mentioned, we're talking about a reboot of a franchise that had way too many sequels and now has a, a this reboot has a sequel of its own and both of the Creed installments are essentially a copy of one of the screenplays from the original Rocky series right. yet somehow it still feels fresh and interesting and I don't even like boxing and so I guess I would just say that I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of the acting I think that that Sly Stallone is better suited with less screen time we're missing Talia Shire here completely, which, thank God, we've replaced her with Tessa Thompson, who's both talented and quite beautiful. And I think Michael B. Jordan is going places really quickly. So I enjoyed all three of their performances and, and found even the supporting roles pretty well done. How about you? If you hate boxing, this is the boxing movie for you. Is that what you're saying? You're just... <laughs> no, I <laughs> I guess another thing that I would I would just throw out there is while I don't really enjoy the sport of boxing, somehow boxing movies just suck me in. Like I really oh, okay. I find I, I find the sport just odd and weird, but somehow weirdly compelling to me. Like it, it's brutal and I can't take my eyes away from it. And I I guess it's just the the one person on one person, you know, fist on fist that is sort of just hard to turn your head away from. So, but but then again, as brutal as these movies are, I think that I didn't even touch in the plot recap on some of the more heart-tugging moments, and there are some of them. Uh, their baby bo- girl is born deaf as a result of her mother's degenerative hearing loss. Uh, Rocky's got an estranged son and a grandchild that he's never met. And there's a really complicated relationship between the Drago father and son, you know, and, and their backstory. So all of those things play a big part of the movie. And I didn't even touch on them because they're kind of just sprinkled here and there. But I think add a lot of emotional heft to it. Uh, I was not a fan of this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's like well, did, a re- did you like last week. Did you like Creed when you saw Creed yes. three years ago? Okay. All right. Yes. So I, I think Creed was obviously a reboot and a spinoff or whatever you want to call it. 
But I thought it was so powerful and raw and Michael B. Jordan was awesome and Ryan Coogler's direction was great and Tessa Thompson was awesome and I thought Sly Stallone was actually pretty darn good. And then this movie came out and I feel like it's... And everything about Creed, I felt like while it was obviously a reboot or a spinoff, it felt fresh. And then you get to this one and it feels like the whole movie was callbacks and references and sort of fan service and sort of a repeat of Rocky four and just felt, it felt like Creed 11. Okay. It felt like, okay, this franchise is already out of ideas. We're just going to completely repeat the Rocky franchise. And we're going to copy one that already felt like the Rocky franchise was getting a little long in the tooth. So I, I don't disagree with you that the acting was good. I think the fight scenes were much better in Creed than in this movie. And it it just, I just got annoyed. I was annoyed with a lot of it. It just felt like cliche after cliche after cliche after obvious plot point coming that I just had to sit and wait. Um, also, I, I feel like Creed was about, you know, the character of Adonis Creed sort of forging his own identity and coming out from the shadow of his father and scrapping it out and putting in the effort and this movie, he starts pretty much as the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie feels like first world problems. Like he's the champ, but he doesn't feel like he's the champ. <laughs> or he doesn't know what that means to him to be the champ. <laughs> okay. All what? right. Yeah. You know, and like he, he, and, he and Tessa just have to, they have to get out of Philly. So they go to LA where they'll have more room, which I don't know why they couldn't have more room in Philly. I got to imagine... Real estate prices are lower in Philadelphia than they are in L.A. where they buy like a multi-million dollar loft in a high rise. Um, But he seems more like a man child in this movie. He's so nervous. He doesn't know how to propose. And and then they have the baby and, oh, we get a whole scene of stupid dad doesn't know how to take care of his kid. Yeah, yeah, that was was an eye-rolling one, yeah. We went from like this hyper-capable but sort of angst-ridden scrapper who forges his own path to multi-million dollar man baby who's having trouble being on top of the world. Mm. And it just felt like, well, that's a lot less interesting to me inherently. I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with your perspective on that. I looked at it a little bit more like now he's finally coming ter- to terms with where his father was and is having a little bit of trouble adjusting to that. I guess it... But another thing that I liked was I thought that Ivan and Victor, or Ivan and Victor, however you pronounce his name, I thought they were solid. Um, And so I would contrast it, like you, with Adonis Creed. I found it really hard to believe that a world champion boxer is as grounded and put together as he was. And now I get that he's kind of struggling and having these sort of man-baby first world problems, but he's also not spending thousands and thousands of dollars a night on cocaine and hookers in Vegas, which is what right. I expect a world champion boxer to be doing. <laughs> so like, so, so the Dragos training in Russia, that's exactly how I expect Russian boxers to be training. Like that never a smile graces their face. Like it is all just, just the worst of the worst. 
I kind of expected him to be celebrating a little bit more than what I saw. And just the fact that he he dresses really nicely and he's sweet to his girlfriend and sweet to his mom and calls Rocky unk. Sweet like, to Rocky. The, yeah, yeah, like this all seems like no, no boxer face this way. Like this, yeah. is, this is no uh, Vander Holyfield or Mike Tyson or Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> like, no, no. Well, and, and this also, I want to get something I really did like about the movie but one more gripe here right up front is money is not even mentioned in this movie and and adonis and and uh drago have to fight twice and both of these fights are billed and you know the cinematic you talked about how boxing movies suck you in i mean if this ever happened in real life this would suck the sports world in right yeah. this really is everybody like would watch the it, father yes. being avenged by the son to the son of the guy who rocky beat you know like this would be this this moment in sports history, and they had it twice. And you got to imagine that each of them had to have some sort of guaranteed purse of a hundred million dollars. But it, it's not even mentioned. In fact, one person brings up money, and, and there's a line of dialogue that says it's not about money this time. And I'm thinking, yeah, but it is. And I <laughs> I felt like I, I wanted that sequence, especially for the Russian for for Drago, like. If Drago is getting a guaranteed purse of $60 million to, to fight Creed, how does that change his dynamic in Russia and in Ukraine in between the two bouts, right? Like he's been living in this apartment with his dad, like with a bunch of like crazy pit bulls roaming around, training on broken glass. And suddenly he's got $60 million. How is his life? How does his training change? Right. You know, does he need to still wear the Rocky sweatsuit or can he get some right. like, nice attire out there? Yeah. Well, if you remember Rocky Four, right, it was it was such a, a a distillation of what what made Russia powerful and what made the US powerful, right? Right? Drago's training with the best medicine and best scientists in Russia, and he's like physically engineered to be the perfect fighter. And then you got Rocky who's lifting logs right. to stay in shape <laughs> right. and running through like you know, thigh high snow. And I felt like we got that sequence of Creed kind of going to the desert and going, you know, medieval to train to get back into shape. That looked so crazy. But I would have loved the sequence of Drago kind of scaling up like, hey, we got $60 million. I'm already lethal. Let's take it nuclear. He doesn't need to chase his dad's Pinto down the street anymore. Right, Right, right. But I will say the number one thing that I liked about this movie, and in fact, it is the only thing that I loved about this movie, is the Dragos. I think it is so interesting that in all the years since I saw Rocky Four and the multiple times I've seen it, I never once gave a half-second thought to what was life like for Drago mm. when he got home to Russia. And the fact that this movie immediately tells us that he was a total pariah, yeah. he was an outcast, his wife left him, kind of a national joke. I mean, you just get a sense of what a life he has led and how hard the last 30 years have been for him. And I wish, I wish Dolph Lundgren and the guy who plays his son got 40% more screen time in this movie because mm. I found them to be so much more interesting and dangerous and desperate and hungry. And we just sort of, they're really still kind of portrayed as villains. And that was so much more interesting, I think. And we just didn't get that. Instead, we got yeah. the first world man, baby, terrible dad sequences that I thought, let's 
cut this crap and get well, back to Ukraine. And, it, and what's so crazy about it, I mean, not, not to pile on the Eastern Bloc, but I mean, acknowledge that that is what happened to Olympic athletes returning home to their country after defeat. I mean, there was even like uh, a really good like figure skater, a male figure skater from Czechoslovakia who was, you know, one of the top 10 probably in the world, but going into his, you know, premier age Olympics, he was not expected to medal. I mean, if if he got in the top five, that would have been a huge thing. And he ended up like seventh or something. And and the stories of the, I mean, it was the exact same thing. The shame he felt upon his return, and the government turns its back on him, and no longer providing any kind of training or assistance, and people walking away from him in the street. Like that's a real thing. So you gotta imagine in the most in the most primal of sports like boxing, it would have to be the same way that they, I yeah. think it was a really believable arc to the story. Oh, and, and in the eighties, you know, we had such a, you know, during the cold war, I mean, this was Russia versus the U S this was sort of the, the, the most basic distillation of these two superpowers down to sure. two guys in the ring. And, you know, there's a long time there uh, since the fall of the, the Soviet union where it wouldn't have been at all relevant to talk about, Russia versus the U.S. But now with Putin and Trump, we are right back to like (laughs) – and there was just nothing about that. There's nothing about the current state of the U.S. versus Russia or Russia and the Ukraine. And it just like why aren't we talking – why wasn't there anything in there about this? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was already running two hours and ten minutes long. I think you add add politics to it. (laughs) I know. You can't cut the training montage. Then you've totally screwed with the formula. But (laughs) you lost most of the movie. You could have cut a little bit of the crying. Um, And you mentioned that you thought that the the fight scenes were better in Creed. I guess it's been three years since I've watched that movie, so I don't recall too well. But what I would say is that I thought they were – well choreographed enough that I noticed their superiority over boxing scenes in movies like Cinderella Man and yeah. and Million Dollar Baby and even quite honestly some of the other Rocky movies. <laughs> like I thought sure. it, I thought it was better fight scenes than those. There were a couple, and I will give it. There are a couple of fights where some of the the hits that you know are are filmed and they appear to land are so brutal. Yeah, that they did sort of like take my breath away for yeah. a minute. You're like whoa. But I felt like it was one or two hits per fight, and the rest was just – I felt like so much of this movie was just sort of like we got to get through this scene so that we can get to the next thing, so we can get to the next thing, so we can get the big training montage, so we can get to the fight at the end. Like from the moment it started, it was just like we got to get through this in order to get to the big scene at the end that we all know is coming and that we all know how exactly how it will end. Yeah. Um, right down to the somewhat surprising, quote-unquote surprising scene of – uh, Drago throwing in the towel to save his son, and I just thought that was tele- telegraphed like five different ways yeah. in the movie. Right, right, right. That this was not at all a surprise. A, a thing that I disliked a little bit, and I think you talked about this a little bit, like so many of them were callbacks and, and fan appreciation sorts yeah. of moments. I think showing the statue of Rocky out in front of the Philadelphia uh, Art Museum was just too meta I, and I know that it, that it was the statue was actually used as a plot device in three and then I think five but what really bugged me about it this time is that you you saw pictures of tourists jogging up the steps and doing like the rocky fists in the air at the top which 
nobody would have known without seeing the first Rocky movie. It's right. not like that was right. a thing Rocky did around Philadelphia all the time. It was like a, right. a right. one-time thing. So the fact that you've got fans there doing that was kind of weird, right? Like, like, yes. like it was just a total nod to the movie, acknowledging that the first Rocky was, in fact, a movie. It got too meta for me. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I also, real quick, one of the thing again, back on the Dragos that I liked, I loved how in Rocky Four. Dolph Lundgren was really like the ultimate Russian badass, like the absolute laser crafted, scientifically engineered specimen of the Soviet Union. And that his son in this movie is like a rabid dog that just gets beaten every night and is chained to a fence in a post-apocalyptic hell that is <laughs> yeah. Ukraine. And it just, what an interesting difference in dynamic. And again, a very stark picture of life in Russia, you know, even as and an what's athlete. happened in I the just, last 30 years. Yeah, yeah I was, right. So I feel like there's so many opportunities, and it just, this movie just felt like whatever the easiest, kind of laziest path you could take, mm. they took. Wherever you would just be easier to just put in like a stupid joke about, how Rocky, you know, can't use a telephone or uh, whatever. Like, it just any easy choice, that was the choice they took. And it's, I think it's sort of a shame. I mentioned earlier, I liked the Dragos, and you wish they got more screen time. I And I appreciated some of the emotional scenes of the film. I felt that the revenge porn got a little overdone. Like this, the, you said the Elder Drago is portrayed, you know, as a really weird villain in uh, again, and and so he's just bred his son his entire life to eventually take down one of Rocky's proteges. Like, I, I mean, how long right. has he been salivating? Like that, that it, it just seemed weird. I can't imagine, despite what he went through upon his return to Russia, going to like a a thirty year. I'm going to serve a dish of revenge to this guy right. plan. And and it also led to one of the worst exchanges that I felt in the film. And it's where Adonis and Rocky are arguing over whether he should take the second fight. And Adonis essentially blames Rocky for his loss because he had to use a backup manager. Like, yeah. like Creed was in the best fighting shape of his life and a defending world champion. And he lasted about four minutes in that fight, barely. So was Rocky really going to somehow have outmanaged that pummeling. Like, he just right, didn't have right. the right guy whispering advice in his ear like in between rounds. Like, no, you were going to die no matter who was over there. Right. Last thing I did not like about this movie is that after Adonis loses the first fight, and wickedly badly so, he's very, very severely hurt, he spends months not working out, right? So he's not in training, not working out, and yet he is as cut and as lean and as muscular as almost no one on earth is. He is is so in peak shape. I can work out every day of my life, and then I get like a head cold and take three days off, and in that three days, all I of your muscles have pounds, atrophied. Yeah. All atrophied. I'm complete. All my cardiovascular health is gone. I'm fat. My clothes don't fit, and it's like, God dang it! Well, what like, is the difference? Here? He's like thirty. You know, we're oh. we're ten years older than this guy. That's that's what so happens. As, frustrating as we, to watch. Plus, he's also had a baby. Like, how is he even like able to to walk around the room? Like, you've got a crying baby all the time now. Like, remember those days? How is he able to just exhausted? Should yeah. just be binging junk food. <laughs> right, right. I would have loved to see where he's got like, a big fat tire. You know, he's just <laughs> he's just 
really like man boobs and they're like <laughs> when dude he, you when you he really starts gotta... the, when he starts the training montage it's like the first eight months is him just losing his tire and then he yeah. can finally get cut again cutting back to like one beer a day like he's really got to kind of like wean himself off right. for a little bit yeah right. that's what that would have been more reali- reali- uh, realistic <laughs> What is up with in this movie, the whole idea of the first fight is that Drago loses on a disqualification. Has that ever happened in the history of boxing and the history of boxing in boxing movies? I feel like every fight, the bad guy does some tricky shit that you shouldn't do and yet mm. the ref is like either blind or willfully blind to it and yet this one the biggest fight of all time and and the the champ clearly got his ass beat like yeah. no yeah. one would say he won that fight <laughs> and yet it's like well disqualified <laughs> i i guess i i can't answer i can't answer the question because i don't follow the sport very much though i acknowledge cinematically that's a that's a faux pas. I would say, what's up with this sport even existing, and not just existing, but inspiring so many metaphorical phrases in the English vernacular, and they use them throughout the whole movie: holding the bag, throwing in the towel, in your corner. They're all used several times, both literally and figuratively, in the movie, which is why you see the ending telegraphed for, right. from like a mile away. But this sport is just so brutal. Every time I see a boxing movie, I'm just enthralled by the fact that there are two people on a stage beating the hell out of each other while a bunch of people in suits and tuxes smoking cigars and drinking martinis around them are cheering because they've got money on it women in gowns yeah this is like a slight step above like feeding gladiators to lions like this is really not that much different than that yeah no, I was just letting that sink in, and I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's up with the fact that, again, he's a multimillionaire, probably just got $100 million to fight Drago the first time, and yet when they bring their baby home to their multimillion-dollar loft apartment in Los Angeles, he and Bianca buy a balsa wood crib from Ikea, <laughs> and they put the baby in the room with all his vinyl records. Yeah. It's like basically like a storage room for his music collection, and that's the that's – the, the nursery. the nursery. Like, really? <laughs> this is the nursery. Well, I, and of course, I rolled my eyes at the, you know, she's going to take a night off and he's going to watch the baby. First off, she asks permission. Like, is he okay with that? Like, right. I, I mean, he's not doing anything. So I, I would think he'd probably be okay with this. Then, of course, the baby cries for five minutes and he's sobbing on the phone to his mom because he doesn't know what to do. Like, where have you been the last three months? Like, right. they did, right. have you have you not seen what works with the baby? That was crazy. But I think the craziest what's up with of that scene is is the trigger is Bianca is getting a little stir crazy, needs to get out. Totally understand that. We've both been there as, as new parents. But she goes, you know, I just, I think I need to take some time out and go to the studio. Like, they live in LA and she's kind of an aspiring musician at this point and she's just gonna, on a whim... Go to the studio. The Beatles had to share Abbey Road with other artists when they worked there. You don't you don't just get to go to the studio unless you own it. 
and nobody owns it, right? Unless it's in their house. That was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. Like, oh, your engineer is just going to be waiting down there for you to cut a few tracks? That At was 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah, that was yeah, so yeah. stupid. Well, what's up with them calling family to tell the family that they're pregnant after taking one pregnancy test? Oh, like yeah, they that, didn't know. Yeah. You find out you're pregnant, you immediately call and tell the whole family. Like, no, no, you you wait several weeks. You go see the doctor. There's right. got to make sure everything's viable. Everything's like good. Like nobody, you, you don't tell someone you're pregnant five seconds after you found out that you might in fact be pregnant without verifying. That's just like a recipe for <laughs> a disaster. Down. By the way, we got engaged yesterday. Like that. That also throws a little wrinkle into it. Right. Mom was. Uh, thrilled <laughs> oh i'm so thrilled you're gonna have this baby out of wedlock isn't that great uh what's up with adrian's restaurant has anyone eaten there in decades <laughs> like don't don't restaurants operate on like razor thin margins the only people that come in there are people coming to air their old beef with rocky that's right. it that's right. the clientele and they don't buy anything we don't see any meal served. We no. don't see any drink poured. No, no. It, it always appears to be open with like Rocky walking around wiping off tables with a TV on. But I mean, it's just <laughs> tumbleweeds blowing across the floor. Well, what's up with I also also really wanted the scene where we find out that Creed is a 25 to one underdog against Drago in the second fight. How did we not get a sequence where we find out that Rocky has invested uh, what was left of his life savings? <laughs> and now he's a multi, 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 multi millionaire because of this bet. And he's going to buy his own GD streetlight outside his house. He's still going to live in his crappy like little row house in Philly, but he's, he's fixing the street lamp. Like, how do we not get that sequence that with all the other, like total telegraph cliche, obvious scenes we got. And we didn't get that one. I love when he's on the phone with the city to bitch about the street light that hasn't been replaced. And then he like gets a piece of mail that he urgently needs to open. And so he asks the people on the phone, Hey, do you guys mind if I call you back? Like, they're like, Oh yes, please do. Please call us back and bitch about this one more time. Then we'll get it fixed for you. We'll be sure to take that call. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get prompt service. Mike, are you ready for five Rocky and Creed-themed questions? Uh, yes, though full disclosure, I know that I spoke about the unnecessariness of several of the Rocky sequels. I think I only saw Rocky and Rocky 2. I never saw 3, 4, or 5. You never saw Rocky 4? No. No, never did. Wow, that's shocking. Maybe this is why this were... felt a little fresh to me. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Let's... Well, okay. Maybe you've got some homework to, to follow up to this episode. You'll have to see Rocky before. All right. This listener says, do you find, like me, that the older Sylvester Stallone gets, the more he looks like Angela Lansbury? <laughs> totally does. Those <laughs> jowls. There is something else. Which of the exercises shown in this movie are currently part of your own workout routine? Well, my workout routine has been ultimately non-existent. I started running a week ago, so we'll, we'll go with that. Oh, okay, running, and then that thing where you have the huge heavy weight wrapped around your neck and you're lifting up your head. I do that a lot. <laughs> Just those two, that running and that. That's all you do. You run yeah. two miles a day and you do that. And then That's I great. strap a 100-pound weight to my neck. Question number, I don't even know what question I'm on now. 
why does Hollywood insist that it is necessary in every sports film to have actual sportscasters play themselves while offering absolutely cringe-inducing commentary about the action <laughs> as it unfolds? It, it, it's so true. I mean, listening to those guys talking, uh, the, the, the two guys, I think it was in the Vegas fight, uh, their banter back and forth sounded like like a Saturday Night Live sketch caricature of guys doing a boxing match. Like it was, it was so bad. It, it, it always comes off as so unnatural. I totally agree. You know, you just mentioning that really makes me wish they would just use the the sportscaster that um, Will Forte uh, played. Will Forte played Greg <laughs> Stink. <laughs> it's, and he always just bust into a commercial for their sponsor. And it's always like Tampax or something. <laughs> He'd have been great. He'd have been great. That would have been ridiculously <laughs> wonderful. Wow. Uh, this listener says, if this film is successful, which it is, do you think it opens the door to see more sequels where people avenge the death of characters played by Carl Weathers? <laughs> I, I doubt. I, I doubt it. I, I doubt that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, another listener said, do you think Carl Weathers got any money for his image being so heavily used in this movie? Wasn't his image just used on the, the headstone at his grave? No, it was also on the, the, the window of the gym. We saw oh, some pictures right. of him in the trophy yeah. case. I think we got a couple sequences of uh, some flashbacks to the fight in the ring with, with a young Dolph Lundgren. I'm guessing that that was all part of something that got signed away 30 years ago. Back and, in the and 80s. So probably not, yeah. So you think Carl Weathers could use some grocery money at yeah. this point in his career, but he's not getting it from Creed II. Well, I mean, I'm guessing that they all probably gave him some of their money. Oh, because they're just so just, generous. Just as a thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, fair enough. Well, Hollywood is known for being exceptionally generous. Right. And uh, altruistic. So, well, that was five questions. And thanks, <laughs> Thank listeners. You, listeners. Really appreciate the support and the interest in Creed 2. Uh, Mike, any last thoughts about this? No, I, I feel like I've said it all. I, I did I did truly enjoy it. I, I'm glad that I saw it. You know, I haven't revisited Creed in three years, so I doubt I will see either of them again. But I, I, I thought that it was a, a well done movie, despite being a little long in some of the non-sports related scenes. I, I gotta ask you to watch Rocky Four and then report right. back to us I, to hear. I think that's fair. That's fair. Once you've seen that, I want to know how cliche you feel Rocky Four is and you're like, man, <laughs> the whole thing's just a rip off of Creed 2. I'll be really interested. All right. Well, coming up next is the off-promised and never-delivered Front Runner starring Hugh Jackman, directed by Jason Reitman. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.